Hey, Redemption Church, welcome to our 2023 year in review. I'm excited for us to kind of take a few minutes today to celebrate what God has done in our church this year. I think it's very appropriate. We've never done anything like this, but I think it's appropriate for us to, as God's people always have done, uh, for us to be quick to honor and celebrate and worship for Him for His great work in our midst. And so a lot to celebrate this year. So thank you for joining us online. Here we are in my office at 1056. Uh, Highway 1 South in Lugoff, and I'm just excited that you're here as we celebrate God's work in His church in 2023. So I'm incredibly thankful for the, the direction the church is heading in, especially in this past year, uh, the unity of all of our partners. I focused on the gospel, and I think the gospel brings that type of unity. And I think in 2023, more so than any other year that I've been here, uh, we've seen it. So I'm incredibly grateful for that. And moving into the new year, um, I love the direction that our men's group is heading, uh, at the curriculum that we're following, uh, the, the plans that we have uh, for the spring. I'm really excited to see what God's going to do for that group of men. So just a few stats to, to throw at you as we celebrate this year. Uh, you know, we called this the year of mission, but I think in hindsight, if we were to look back and kind of rename based on what we've seen God do in our midst this year, uh, I would call it the year of renovation. If you think of all the renovating that God did physically uh, and organizationally, uh, multiple spaces in our physical building uh, totally transformed uh, our, our constitution. We re rewrote it and the whole leadership structure of our church totally transformed. Uh, even our very identity, we went from Friendship Baptist Church to Redemption Church. Y'all, God was doing a lot of renovating in the life of our church and, and hopefully, I believe, in the, the hearts of, of His people. So just a few statistics I thought were cool to kind of celebrate with you. Redemption 101, formerly called New to Friendship. It's a lunch that we do four times a year. My wife, Annette, and I host in our home uh, for folks that are new to our church. We had 30 uh, folks attend, 30 adults attending, 51 total. That includes all the kiddos running around our house. Partnership class, which we hold again, four times a year, once a quarter, for those who are interested in learning more about becoming a covenant partner. 37 people went through our partnership class. New partners, we had 26 brand new covenant partners this year. That brings us to a total of 91 in our church. Bible reading plans, you all know we promote this week in and week out. We had 174 Bible reading plans that were uh, taken or given out. Now, that doesn't mean everybody engaged in it. That means doesn't mean some of you don't have like two copies laying around the house, but uh, I love it. 174 Bible reading plans. The book that we went through in the fall, 10 Words to Live By by Jen Wilkin. We, we sold or gave away 110 copies of 10 Words to Live By. Uh, our attendance uh, increased by 26.7%. Uh, so uh, in 2022, we averaged 146 people total each week. In 2023, we averaged 185. So we experienced uh, an increase of 39 people per week. Maybe 2024, we'll We'll boost that up over 200, right? Uh, 
giving overall, I think this is an amazing number to share with you all. Uh, total, this includes general giving, uh, our chair campaign, includes our Christmas offering. So in, in total, in 2023, y'all have given over $384,000. That's amazing, y'all, how generous. Uh, actually, let me kind of revise that. The net income from your giving was $383,000. So what's that other $1,000 from? Online giving fees. Uh, so let me let me kind of rewind. Earlier in the year, I encouraged you all as we were kind of transitioning our, our giving platform. Um, I encourage you all to sign up for uh, ACH Bank Transfer rather than giving by credit or debit card, where we're paying, you know, these credit card fees. Uh, if you do a bank transfer, that uh, eliminates, uh, you know, most of the fees. We, we have to pay a 30 cent transaction fee. Uh, but it significantly reduces the amount of fees that we as a church are paying out uh, when you give a gift. Uh, so here's, here's the update. From 2022, we as a church paid out over $6,100 in credit card fees. $6,100. In 2023, we only paid out $1,055. So we saved $5,000 in credit card fees because y'all, um, Y'all listened, y'all did uh, what was the good stewarding thing to do. And so let me encourage you, if you have not yet set up a bank ACH transfer through uh, your church center uh, giving, uh, let me encourage you to do that. But church, what an amazing, amazing thing. So I just wanted to celebrate those things with you uh, today. Um, let me grab my, my glasses here. I don't wanna read this quote to you. I read it at our partner gathering. It's, a, it's from a guy named Gunnar Gunderson, incredible name. He says this, healthy churches don't typically grow by leaps and bounds through splashy initiatives and clever strategies. They grow rather like trees, slow, steady, strong, with small but certain rings to show for each passing year of faithful collective ministry. I think that's so true. I think that's true of trees. I think that's true of churches. I think that's true of Redemption Church, that God in 2023 is just putting another ring uh, on, on our trunk, right? It's just another year of faithful collective ministry. And so thank you for what you do to play your part uh, in what God is doing and building his church here at Redemption. Our motto here at Redemption is that it's all about the gospel. And one of my favorite things to have witnessed in 2023 is just watching that statement take root in the people of our church, watching the centrality of the gospel take root in the hearts of our church family. I think there's evidence of that happening all across this church, all across this building. I also think there's evidence of that happening within our serve teams. This year alone, we had 28 new serve team members commit to serving our church consistently. And that's not to mention the countless others who have served at, at special events like We Love Casey Picnic or, or serving or bringing food at partnership gatherings or Friendsgiving or even helping us uh, stack or, or unload tables and chairs on any given Sunday. And so I'm super thankful for all of our serve team members across all teams. We even have countless people who serve on multiple team, so I'm super thankful for that. And in 2024, I'm just excited to see that grow even more. I'm excited to see more and more people uh, value serving, value serving the Lord.
Lord, value serving our community. I'm excited to see more and more people partner with us in our ministry of helping lead others to find full life in Christ's community and mission. And so I think we've seen the evidence of that happening, and I think we're going to see even more evidence of that happening in 2024. So let's sing evidence. Sing, I see. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises and fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. All throughout my history, Your faithfulness has walked beside me The winter storms made way for spring In every season from where I'm standing I see the evidence of your goodness All over my life All over my life promises and fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. I see the cross, the empty grave, the evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away because of you, oh Jesus. See the cross, the empty grave, the evidence is my sin rolled away because of you, oh Jesus. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my Okay, so we're gonna do a quick sermon series recap. Man, there's a lot of content. I actually poured through every single sermon of every single sermon series in 2023. It's way too much to go into. I've already done the work though. I've I've done a little snippet of each sermon and sermon series. And so uh, I will make that available to you as a downloadable PDF. I know probably one or two of you may take advantage of that if you wanna just kind of review the things that we've learned and studied. Uh, together and grown in this year. Uh, so that'll be available on our website, www.redemption.sc slash uh, December 31st, DEC 31. Okay, so that download will be available to you. Uh, I'll put the link below so you can uh, see that. 
What I've chosen to do for this recap is I've selected one sermon from each of our six sermon series. It, there, there's a reason I chose it. It may be because it was uh, impactful for me. Maybe it was uh, something a little bit unique or different. Uh, maybe it was just my favorite sermon in that series to preach. But I've selected one sermon from each of the six series, and I've selected one clip out of each of those sermons. So uh, I'll just do a quick summary of each series and share that clip with you here, all right? Okay, here we go. Sermon series number one, Leadership in the Church. We spent four weeks in this series. This was kind of a last minute addition to our 2023 slate of sermon series. Very instrumental in getting us from where we were, the leadership structure that we had, to uh, our elder-led structure. Um, we talked about the fact that everything rises and falls on leadership. And so if we're gonna accomplish our mission, we need to have biblical, healthy leaders playing their God-given roles. And so, Spent four weeks here talking about the chief shepherd, talking about elders, talking about deacons, talking about the flock in each one of our respective roles. Uh, the sermon that I chose was week number two, the elders who feed and lead. And so check out this sermon clip. What do elders do? Number four, God gives elders the responsibility to feed and lead his flock. God gives elders the responsibility, the privilege to feed and lead his flock. So there's a lot of things that the Bible talks about the elders, pastors are to do. I, I feel like all of them fall into one of these two buckets, to feed and to lead. So let me just kind of briefly define that. To feed is to, to teach, to bring to maturity, to one of the principal roles of a, a spiritual shepherd is to guard from false teaching, false doctrine, false teachers. So to feed the flock. This is why, y'all, last year we spent the whole year going through the Word because there's nothing more important that, that I do than to feed you the Word of God, that then point you to the Scriptures as your ultimate authority. So leading is so important. But man, if I neglect, if I abdicate this role of feeding, man, I open up the church to all kinds of, of heresy and all kinds of sin if I don't guard and protect the flock through teaching. But then there's this aspect of leading, which is to be an example. One of the things you see throughout the New Testament is that one of the ways elders lead the church is they provide an example of what it means to follow Christ, of what it looks like to be a Christ follower. Y'all, this is why those, those qualifications are so important because they're all about character. And if I or any other elder is gonna be an example to you of what it looks like to follow Christ, man, I better have a life that is above reproach. I better have a life that is full of character and holiness. And so we lead by being an example, by shepherding, um, which also includes, uh, and we won't talk about this much, but discipline in the church, spiritual or, or, or church discipline to protect the health and the purity of the body. Uh, leading also includes equipping, equipping people for the work of ministry, Ephesians 4. Let me just, let me just like zoom in on three passages briefly on this fourth point. Feed and lead the flock, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. We saw this last week, but Peter says this. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed. Here, here's what I'm calling you to do, elders. Here's your responsibility. Verse two, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. So you see a couple of words there, that shepherd, poimene, oversight is that uh, 
episkopos, uh, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, okay, not for power, not for money, but, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Paul speaking to the Ephesian elders, he says this, therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. I've I've preached, I've fed you the word of God. Verse 28, he says to these elders, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He's the one who calls. He's the one who puts you in place. He's made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, Paul says, after I leave, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, they'll come in from the outside and they'll also arise from within. Men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, elders, therefore, pastors, be alert, remembering that for Three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. So Paul very adamantly speaks to these elders and says, it is your job to watch over the flock, to feed them, to lead them, to protect them from wolves that come from the outside and from those that come from the inside. Your job is to feed and lead. You are to be a shepherd of God's people. This is the role. This is the responsibility. Now do you understand the weight of this? How no one man can adequately shoulder that weight. No one can. Let me just kind of wrap it up with this this phrase. God calls a plurality of elders, men who are biblically qualified to feed and lead his flock. Sermon series number two. Acts, the church on the move. Acts, the church on the move. So we spent 17 weeks in the New Testament book of Acts. This was my longest sermon series to date. I wish it could have been longer even. Uh, I really enjoyed this sermon series. Uh, This was pretty central to our theme for the year, which is the church Uh, you know, living on mission, the the year of mission, because we see the church uh, on the move. We see the church uh, on mission. And so, uh, you know, one of the things I said over and over in the series is what we see is old faith, intense opposition, and the explosive power of the gospel. And so I selected from this sermon series, week number 15, no little disturbance. We see in chapter 19 of the book of Acts, all kinds of disturbances. And this main idea was that God always uses his word or God's word always disturbs or disrupts the status quo. And one of the stories we see in that, one of the disturbances was the seven sons of of Siva. Remember, they uh, are these Jewish exorcists who Uh, They have an encounter with this evil spirit who says, listen, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who in the world are you all? I don't know who you are. And he proceeded to literally beat the pants off of them, remember? Uh, And they go running and, 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 and many people in Ephesus see this, they witness this, they turn to Christ, they throw away their magic books, they burn their books, the Bible says in Acts 19. Then there's this other kind of riot that takes place in in Ephesus, and it leads to the things that I talk about in this clip, so check it out. 
This is Demetrius who's stirred up the town and he's speaking to him. He says this, verse 26. And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger not only that this trade of ours may come into disrepute. We're gonna lose our money. We're gonna lose our business if this keeps going on but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing and that she may even be de- deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and all the world worship. Here's what Demetrius says. He says, y'all, we've got to do something about this guy, Paul, because he's going to destroy our economy, our way of living. He's calling everything into question. So we've got to do something And so what you see is this intense riot stirs up in Ephesus and, you know, these disciples and Paul, there's like fear for their life because of what is taking place here. Um, And then you you see this, this town clerk who steps in. This town clerk is like the liaison between uh, the city of Ephesus and the Roman government. And he steps in and he says, y'all, y'all need to chill out. You do not want, we do not want Rome to have to intervene. We're, 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 we're in danger of being, you know, a riotous people breaking the law. And if Rome has to intervene and squash that, this is not what we want. And so he says, y'all chill out. That is my translation. If you go back and read, I think it's in there in the Greek, actually. Jay could tell us if that's true or not. Is it in there? It is. Y'all chill out. That's basically what it says. But everything kind of dissipates at that point. But this is, this is the major disturbance taking place. It's, it's turned everything upside down. So the result is this gospel disrupted cultural norms. It put their gods into question, everything that they worship, their idols. It put their vocations into question. It messed with their entire way of life. This was a major disturbance. So... What do we do with all this? How do we live in light of the truth of what we see in Acts chapter 19? I want to remind you of that statement I started with, that God's word always disrupts the status quo. God's word always disturbs the status quo. And I want to read or review again verse number 20. The end of this passage we read, it said, So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Here's something, I think you know this, but God wants his word, the word of the Lord, to increase and prevail mightily in the earth. Amen? You believe that? That's what God wants. But I want to make sure that we don't miss this, that God's desire is that his word would increase and prevail mightily, not just in the world, but in us in you and in me, that it would continue to prevail, that it would win out, that the more that we give ourselves to him and his, his word takes ownership of us, that it would cast out all of our idols and all of the things that we worship, all the false gods that take the place of, of Jesus. God wants his word to increase and prevail in us. Through his word, he is trying to transform and renew our minds. He is trying to conform us to the image of Christ. And y'all, this is disruptive, isn't it? It is disruptive to our lives. His word disturbs our status quo. You know what status quo means? It means the way things are. 
the current condition or current state of things. Here's, here's what I would say. I believe one of the greatest enemies to our growth in Christ, to our fruitfulness in the Lord, is status quo. Just, I'm not moving. I'm staying where I'm at. I'm doing what I'm doing. It's worked before. I, I don't want to grow. I don't want to change. But this is what the word of God does. If we will listen, if we listen to it, 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 will, it will stir us up one way or another. It never, it always shakes things up. It doesn't leave us where we're at. So when you hear the word of God, it will stir you up one way or another. One way or another. It will either make you want to burn down the city or it will make you want to burn the books. Whatever idols, whatever things you've been holding on to, it'll make you say, God, I'm, gonna, I'm not going back. I'm not living that way anymore. I'm not going to worship these things. I'm not going to live for these false gods and idols that are taking all of my devotion. No, I'm going to burn the books. And y'all, this is what God wants from us not to hold on to the old stuff, the old way of thinking, the old way of living, the old way of behaving. It is to burn the books, to throw them on the fire and say, I'm at a point of no return. I'm not going back there. This is what God is wanting to do in us. What his word doesn't do, it doesn't leave us in the middle somewhere. It doesn't leave us in, you know, what I would call like the lazy river, like mode of living. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to jump in and get comfortable, and I'm just going to go wherever the current takes me. No, God's word doesn't call us to that. God's word disrupts and it disturbs our lives. And y'all, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to frustrate you. But listen, you know what God has called me to do in your life? It is to disturb the status quo in you and not to leave you where you're at because God wants to change you and grow you and conform you to the image of Christ, not to allow you to just meander along and just do whatever and go with the flow. No, he's called us to burn the books, to throw those things in the fire and to walk away and live the life that he's called us to live. Sermon series number three, Summer in the Psalms. We spent the summer, uh, eight weeks there in the summer in the Psalms. Originally it was nine weeks, but we kind of moved that final week of the summer to uh, incorporate our Youth D Now event. Um, so Psalms, a collection of 150 Hebrew songs and, and prayers and poems, very real, raw, heartfelt. Uh, Donald Whitney, this quote I always think of when I think about the book of Psalms, God has inspired a psalm for every sigh of the soul. The sermon that I selected out of this eight weeks was the, the eighth and final uh, called the Hallelujah Hymns. And in this sermon, or this, this morning, we covered Psalms 146 through 150, which are the Hallelujah Hymns. And the reason I chose this particular one, because this was really maybe our most unique service of the year. d was also right up there, uh, but we kind of, we interspersed reading of scripture and these psalms and uh, singing. It was kind of like a morning of worship, if you will. Not a night of worship, but a morning of worship. And so, uh, you know, we, we even broke out uh, an old throwback song, Shout to the Lord. Uh, and so check out this clip from uh, Psalms 146 through 150, the Hallelujah 
hymns. I want to read one more psalm, Psalm 150, the final psalm of the book of Psalms. And this psalm answers in six verses four questions about praise. Where, what, how, and who. Where, what, how, and who. Verse number one, where. It says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. So where do we praise the Lord? Everywhere in heaven and on earth. There's no place where worship and praise of the Lord is out of place. Verse number two, for what? What do we praise him for? Verse number two says, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. So we praise him not just for what he's done, but we praise him for who he is, for his excellent greatness. How do we praise him? Verses three through five. It says, praise him with the trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Anybody bring their tambourine this morning? Nobody's ready. Please don't do that any other morning. It's okay this morning if you brought one. (laughs) Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud crashing cymbals. So how do we praise him? With every kind of instrument. If it makes noise, use it to praise the Lord. And then this final question, this final verse, who? Who is to praise the Lord? Here it is, verse number six. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All of creation is one massive choir lifting up the praise of God. And it is a blessing and an honor and a privilege for us to be able to praise the Lord. Amen. For us to be able to do this together. All right, so that was sermon series number three, Summer in the Psalms. Fun little fact for you. Uh, That particular uh, sermon or that week, week number eight of that series was the one time, at least to my recollection, that we didn't end the service with our traditional reciting of Colossians 1, 28 and 29, our benediction. Uh, What we did that morning was we bookended the service with the song Praise. We started off with praise, we ended it with praise to kind of mimic or reflect those hallelujah hymns, all right? So, fun fact for you. Moving right along, sermon series number four, 10 words to live by. So we spent uh, 11 weeks in this series based off of the book of the same name by Jen Wilkin, uh, centered around the 10 Commandments. Uh, I, I enjoyed the series. I appreciated it because uh, really our, our take and the, the book's take as well was not so much what God is calling us away from, not just the thou shalt not. Uh, it, it, it was more about what God is calling us to, not just the negative, but the positive, what he's calling us to. Uh, and not just the uh, what, what's forbidden or don't do this, but Uh, not just the doing of God's commands, but delighting in doing God's commands. And so I really enjoyed this series. It was for me, uh, if I'm being honest, the most challenging one for me to preach, uh, just because uh, I enjoy that expository preaching, just going through the text verse by verse. This was a little bit different, a little bit more challenging, uh, but I enjoyed it. I picked week number two, uh, which was uh, the first word and we titled that sermon, Undivided Allegiance. That was dealing with Exodus 20, verses one, two, and three. Kind of the preamble to the 10 words, the the word before the 10 words. Uh, And then it also dives into that first word, uh, which is all about our allegiance to 
uh, to God, no other gods before me. And so this kind of serves as a blanket statement for the other nine words. And so uh, that's the reason I chose this particular sermon. Uh, and so check out this sermon clip. And what you see before God ever gives a command is he answers three out of these four questions. He says this, question one, who is God? He says, this is who I am. I am the Lord, your God. I am the Lord, your God. What, what has God done? This is what I've done, he says. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I brought you out of the house of slavery. This is who I am. I am the Lord, your God. This is what I've done. I've brought you out of bondage. I've brought you out of slavery, the house of slavery. Question three, who are we? This is implied here, but here's who we are, or here's who they are he's speaking to. They are the redeemed ones. They are the former captives who have now been set free from slavery. This is who they are. So God is the one who has brought them out of slavery. They are redeemed now. In light of that, in light of who he is, in light of what he's done, he gives the Ten Commandments. He says, now go live accordingly. Go live according to what I have, who I am and what I have done for you. I love this. I love this. The first word of the law is a word of grace. The first word of the law is a word of grace. Most of us, if you've grown up in church or been around church any length of time, you hear the Old Testament, you go, oh, it's law, 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 a bunch of laws. And then we move in or we transition into the New Testament and all of a sudden it's grace, 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 grace and love, right? No, no, no. Even back in the Old Testament, God has always been the same. The first word of the law before he ever gives a command is a word of grace. The word of grace is this, I have redeemed you from your slavery. I have pulled you out of bondage. I did something for you that you could never do on your own. I am the Lord your God. I have brought you out of the house of slavery. Here's what I want to remind you of, he says, the gospel, that Jesus died, was buried with your sin, for your sin, and he rose again. This is the truth of the gospel. This is the costly liberation. This is the costly deliverance that God has provided for his people. So God is not saying, okay, people, here's what you need to do. Follow these 10 commands and then you'll be free. Follow these 10 commands and then you will, you will have my favor. No, he said, I've already redeemed you. I've already set you free. This is who I am. This is what I've done. Now you can live in light of those things. Are y'all tracking with me? He says, don't do these things to please me or to find freedom. You do these things because I have already set my pleasure upon you. I have already redeemed you and set you free. Now go live according to this. And so from the very start, before we even get into commandment number one, we see the gospel, which is in a way, it was, it was even for me, when I look back at this, it's kind of surprising. And yet at the same time, it's not because all of the scriptures point to the gospel. All of the scriptures point to the person and the work of Jesus. It all points to the grace of God that you don't deserve it. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't work your way out of bondage and slavery. And yet God has in his grace done all the work for you. So it doesn't start with do this, do this, do this, don't do this. It starts with what God has already, what? Done. 
Okay, sermon series number five, moving right along. Romans 8, Life in the Spirit. We spent six weeks here in this series. I know I've said it a hundred times, my favorite chapter in all of of Scripture. Uh, It's all about life in the Spirit. I will say this, this sermon series uh, was short, but it packed a punch. It would also get the award for the best intro bumper video. All right, it absolutely earns the the, the name of, of bumper because man, it was bumping. So the sermon I selected in Romans 8, Life in the Spirit, was week number five, The Spirit Helps You and Intercedes for You, covering Romans 8, verses 26 through verse 30. This was the most challenging. It was the most fun, I think, for me. It included Romans 8, 28. It talks about the terms uh, foreknew and predestined. It's the unbreakable chain, uh, the unbreakable links in God's chain of, of re- God's golden chain of redemption. Uh, that whole unbreakable chain was a new, was new terminology to me, so it was uh, very impactful for me. And so check out this clip from Romans 8 verses 26 through 30. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. There's nothing and all of existence that, that falls outside of all things, all things that includes your good decisions, that includes your bad decisions, that includes your righteous, holy choices and your sinful, poor choices. All things he is able to work together. All things work together, work together. So that means that no experience that you and I have stands in isolation. They all work together. God is able to, uh, I love this word, weave all things together. He is able to weave all things together for our good. It's like a tapestry. He's able to work all things together for good. All things work together for good. Now, don't hear what he's, don't hear what he's not saying. He's not saying that all things are good. Because not all things are good in and of themselves, right? But God is able to work all things together for our supreme good. He's able to work all things together for our good. So who does this apply to? Everyone? Uh, no, it's, it's limited in its scope. Look, look back at verse 28. Who is this for? It's for those who love God. It is for those who are called according to his purpose. So all things work together for good. This is limited to those who love God because they have been called by God. Those who love God because they've been called by God. First John 4, 19, John says this, we love because what? He first loved us. He set his love upon us. He called us. And so this is who he is speaking to. If you have responded to the call of God, you love God, it says, hey, all things work together for good. So this whole verse, verse 28, we would put this in the realm of of what we would call providence. 
providence. And, I, and I, I love, again, Ray Ortland Jr., his definition of providence. He says it's, it's this, God's overruling hand at work everywhere in a fallen world. Providence is God's overruling hand at work everywhere in a fallen world. And I love that phrase because the idea of overruling. So we all know that in a fallen, broken world, we're gonna experience suffering and pain and things that were never intended to be, right? But God, in his love and in his sovereignty, he is able to overrule what is evil. He is able to overrule what is bad. He is able to overrule what is tragic to bring good out of it, to bring our supreme good out of it. Providence. Last and final sermon series. We're fresh off of this less than a week, or by the time you're watching this, it's about a week uh, you know, off of this sermon series. His name shall be, his name shall be. This was our four week Christmas series. This was based on the prophecy of the coming Messiah in Isaiah 9, verse number six. These four titles, not formal names necessarily, but four descriptors of what Jesus, this Messiah, is and, and would be like. So we covered uh, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The, the, the sermon that I chose was that fourth and final one, Prince of Peace. It was the final one of the series. It was the final one of the year. Uh, I just love uh, the, the simplicity and the power of, of this idea that he's a Prince of Peace who brought peace with God, brings peace within and peace with one another, and also peace without end. It not only points to the first coming of Christ, but the second coming, the second advent of Christ. So we ended the year with this, and I want you to check out this clip. Listen, y'all, this Prince of Peace will bring shalom to all of creation. He will bring perfect peace and restoration to all of creation. This Prince of Peace is Jesus. And God's gift of peace, this is the ultimate gift of his grace that he would offer us, those who have hearts and souls and lives filled with conflict and turmoil to have peace with our maker who made us for relationship with him. Do you have peace with God? If you do, if you're in this room and you say, yes, I am in Christ, I am a child of God, I know that, I've put my faith in him, I'm gonna encourage you today and tomorrow and through the rest of this year and the season, I wanna encourage you to live by the words, the simple and yet really powerful words of Colossians 3, verse number 15. I wanna read this to you. Paul says these words, Colossians 3, verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are called in one body. And don't miss these last three words. Would you say them with me? And be thankful. And be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The assumption is this, y'all, is that so often our hearts are ruled by conflict and frustration and disappointment and maybe even sadness and confusion and Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. And this is summarizing this passage we've been in, Isaiah 9, really verses 1 through 7. It says this, Jesus will bring his peace with a lopsided victory like Gideon of old. 
He will bring a complete end to all tyranny forever. And the new world of peace will triumph through, surprisingly, a child. Here's the summary of what we've read. This royal son's counsel is wise. He is our wonderful counselor. His power is divine. He is our mighty God. His love is fatherly. He is our everlasting father. And his rule creates peace. He is our prince of peace. His kingdom will not merely succeed, but will forever increase with all the resolve of his deepest heart. The Lord will do this. And I want to invite you all to stand, and I'm going to read this benediction over you. As we wrap up this morning, this year, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 16. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Amen.
on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. On earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. No longer I who live, but Christ in me, for I've been born again. My heart is free. The You're the way, the truth, and the life. You're the well that never runs dry. I'm the branch and you are the vine. Draw me close and teach me to abide. Be my strength, my song, and the night. Be my all, my treasure, my pride. I am yours forever, you're mine. Draw me close and teach me to abide. I am yours forever, you're mine. Draw me close and teach me to abide. Oh, teach me, God, my Emmanuel, God with us forever, Emmanuel, Savior of the world, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. God, I Every single year brings its fair share of highs and lows. There's things that we can celebrate and be glad about, and there's things that we, we mourn, things that bring us sadness. And as a church in 2023, we have many, many things to be grateful for, many things that made us uh, glad and joyful, and yet there was at least two losses that brought us uh, all kinds of grief and sadness in 2023. What I'm referring to is the loss, uh, the homegoing of two of our very, very precious ladies, Ann Stewart and Carrie Merriweather. And so though we rejoice that we know that they knew the Lord and they are now getting to experience everlasting peace with their God, their Savior, uh, we as a church and as a family, we do, uh, we do more in their loss. We miss them. And, here as we conclude 2023, man, we remember them and we honor them. We're thankful for them, we love them and we miss them.
2023 had a lot of growth, a lot of um, exciting things this year, a lot of fruit that God brought through our church, um, a lot of amazing changes that we couldn't put in the list. Uh, and just excited about the passion that my small group leaders had this year um, to be able to teach the kids, but also that that overflowed into the kids to dig deeper into conversations and to learn more about God. Um, also excited for the new fun curriculum that we're gonna have that I think will also continue that growth, but also hopefully to partner with parents uh, to do more at home, to support them into allowing them to disciple their kids. Well, it wouldn't be a church gathering, whether in person or online, without a reference to an offering because God's church relies on the faithful giving of her people. And so thank you, as always, for your generous giving. Uh, I shared the numbers with you earlier. Y'all, as a whole, gave over $384,000 in this calendar year of 2023. Uh, here's what I know is that gospel people are giving people. The gospel people are generous people and you all exemplify that uh, man so much so thank you for your continued faithful sacrificial giving you know through the month of december we've been focusing our christmas offering on the lottie moon christmas offering which goes 100 percent to sending and supporting uh, gospel missionaries those who would take the gospel the good news of christ to the ends of the earth to the unreached peoples of our world and to date as of the, the recording of this video y'all have given over $5,500 to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering so thank you for your generosity if you're viewing this on December 31st I do want to remind you that you still have today today is the last day that you can give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering it's also the last day that you can give if you want to make a year-end gift before 2023 wraps, uh, you can do that online at www.redemption.sc give, or you can text to give, just text any dollar amount to the number 84321. Again, thank you for your generous giving. We're grateful that you give and you give and you give abundantly and it fuels the work of God here and across the globe. So thank you for giving. All right, y'all, here we are. Top 10 highlights. Pastor Andrew's top 10 highlights of 2023. I'm gonna to try to cruise through this as much as I can. There's so much to celebrate. Uh, I wish we could spend a lot of time here, but let's, let's hit it right now. Okay, I'm gonna start with an honorable mention. I could not keep this to 10 items. I had to go to 11. So this is the honorable mention, and I, it's hard to even believe that this is honorable mention because this is a big one. Honorable mention is this, our new chair campaign. Our new chair campaign. So we have 225 new chairs coming because y'all gave $64 per chair. You actually gave enough to get us uh, 200 of them. We had another uh, family who gave a generous donation to help us get 25 more plus 
funding to get 100 uh, chairs that we're using in our kids ministry and in our common space area. Um, also, it will help provide a couple hundred Bibles that we can put in those chairs and we can begin to give away to folks who come into our church. And so new chair campaign, amazing, amazing, again, incredible generosity from you. That is our honorable mention. All right, number 10, discipleship groups. Discipleship groups. Some of you aren't even familiar with what these are or don't know much about them. They're very much kind of under the radar and that is okay. It's okay, these will be slow growing, this will take time, but really we want these to be really uh, foundational in our ministry. ministry. Discipleship groups are groups of three to four men or women who are meeting together to pursue Christ-likeness with one another. And so we've got only a handful going right now, but that is okay. This was one of my top three, um, you know, on my wish list for, th for changes or implementations I wanted to make uh, as a pastor coming into this church. And back in the summer, we got to introduce these. Uh, and I mentioned this because again, this will be foundational in our way of life as a church. So number 10 is discipleship groups. Number nine on our list, our transition to planning center. Our transition to planning center. Now, uh, this is a piece of church software that helps us to kind of organize uh, our, our, our giving and our people and our groups and our signups and our events and our calendar, all these things. Uh, this isn't like a super splashy highlight of the year, but I'm telling you all, it has been a game changer for us as a staff, uh, for uh, our administration, for behind the scenes stuff. This is so, so foundational and so important. Here, here's the incredible thing about our transition to Planning Center uh, is that it's half the cost of what we were paying previously uh, for other software, half the cost, and I would say at least double the impact, maybe triple. It's been so, so much of a game changer for us. So Planning Center, you may know it as uh, for you on the, 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 the attender side of, of the equation, uh, Church Center, the Church Center app. Uh, so if you haven't downloaded that, I would encourage you to, to do that. Go to redemption.sc slash church center. This is a way you can keep up with everything going on here and be involved in the life of our ministry uh, through church center. But that would be number nine on our highlights for 2023. Highlight number eight, new bookkeeper. New bookkeeper. And I, I kind of laugh at this because again, this is not very splashy. Most of you are like, Woohoo! You know, like big highlights, so exciting. But listen, y'all, if you know anything about finances, this is so critical to the health of our church. And we've been kind of in flux for the last year, uh, and we made a transition this year to a new bookkeeper uh, out of Atlanta. It's a virtual bookkeeper from Belay Solutions. His name is Trey. We praise the Lord for Trey uh, in his work with our, with our, our, fi our finances. Um, this has been an incredible stabilizing force in our church. I would say in the almost five years that I've been here, uh, that this is the healthiest, this is the best shape that our finances have been in. And Trey, our bookkeeper, is a huge piece of the puzzle. So I praise the Lord for, for a new bookkeeper and the stability he has brought to our church and to our finances. Uh, and so number eight on our list of highlights for 2023, 
new bookkeeper. All right, number seven, highlights of 2023, renovations. Renovations, y'all, this is crazy that this is number seven on our list, but listen, we have overhauled almost, if not more than 50% of our, our building. Uh, all kinds of spaces in this building have been renovated over 2023. Huge thanks uh, to John Davis, one of our men who did a lot of work uh, to make this happen. Patrick Todd, another one of our guys, has put in a ton of man hours. Uh, many of you invested some of your own labor. Uh, all of you gave like crazy for our Christmas offering in 2022 to make this all possible. Y'all, it's been amazing, uh, the transformation of our building this year. We renovated multiple spaces. We renovated our kids' wing. We renovated the common space, the entryway. We even touched the conference room. It has been a total transformation so that now we actually have functional ministry spaces. And I think that's so amazing. We've tailored these spaces to accomplish ministry, our ministry vision. And so, man, I'm so excited about the transformation in our building. That is uh, highlight number seven, renovations. And this is the crazy thing. In any other normal year, this would be in the top two or three items. But this year, 2023, it's highlight number seven. Number six highlight of 2023, mortgage burning. Mortgage burning, y'all, I can't even believe that this happened in 2023. It happened way back on February 5th, 2023. We burnt the notes, at least symbolically we did. We had this uh, little ceremony type of a thing between uh, morning gatherings where we burned this note. We celebrated being debt free. What an amazing, amazing, Thing. Again, in most years, this would be at the very top of the list. And yet here we are in 2023, it's number six on the list. Like, this is so crazy. I, like, I completely, in my first like rough draft of this top 10 list, I totally left this one out. I forgot about this one, but how amazing. Praise the Lord that we can celebrate being debt free. This is highlight number six of 2023. All right, moving right along. Here we hit the top five. Number five highlight of 2023, name change. Name change. We moved from Friendship Baptist Church, which we've been known as since 1985, to now Redemption Church. Can you all believe it? I mean, there's many times where I still, it's hard for me to fathom that we've gone through this whole process. Rebranding, changing the signage, uh, all the whole nine yards. We are now Redemption church. Now, I know that there are some of you that didn't love this move, but here's what thrills me the most about this name change, is that our name, whether you like it or not, reflects our values and our identity. It's all about the gospel. It's all about the redemption that we have in Christ. It's all about the fact that we want others to have their own redemption story in Christ. And so I'm so excited about this shift that we've made this year. Uh, I had a really cool comment uh, from some, some folks who are checking out and, and, and want to be a part of our church. This past Sunday on Christmas Eve, uh, this couple had visited our church 
years ago, uh, maybe a couple years prior to, to my arrival, um, so they had that experience and, and their background and their history. Um, we're coming to visit here within the last couple months. Uh, had some folks who had said about our name change. I said, hey, look, they just changed their name. It's the same old church. And, and what this couple said based on their experience now and compared to their experience a couple years ago or several years ago, they said, no, 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 it's not. No, it's not. It's not the same old church. It's a completely different church. And I don't say that to, to dog the past. I say that as a testimony to the fact that redemption reflects who we are and what we're all about today. In 2023, we're all about the gospel. And so I love that. I'm so thankful for this big change in our church. This is highlight number five, name change, Redemption Church. All right, we're getting closer. Number four is Jake Garrett taking lead of Redemption Youth. So this has been kind of a rate under the radar, kind of a, a move over the last couple months. <laughs> Obviously, it no longer is. All right, so we've had some great leaders in our youth ministry over the last couple years. Uh, a lot of young folks that, man, I'm just, I've been so thrilled with the direction of our, our youth ministry. But in case you don't know, our youth have grown over these last couple years. And along with that, uh, a little sense amongst our leaders, a little, a little feeling of being overwhelmed. Uh, and so, you know, Jake, as one of our elders, praying to Lord, seeking the Lord on this, and, uh, you know, found some direction. The Holy Spirit uh, directed him and his wife to take over uh, the leadership mantle of Redemption Youth. And that has been taking place over these last couple months. And I cannot tell you how thrilled and ecstatic I am about that transition. Uh, I'm so thankful for his leadership in our youth ministry, for God providing their leadership. All of our, our youth leaders that are all great leaders are able to still serve the Lord, but maybe in more of their sweet spot in our youth ministry. Uh, if I can speak for Jake and Corey, I know that they've been loving it. Uh, and so this has been an exciting uh, move of God in our church. Now, some of you would say, well, that, that's cool and all, but this, this is a top five highlight for you. Uh, here's what I will say. Uh, like I said earlier, everything rises and falls on leadership. And so, uh, raising up or, or putting in place or implementing strong, godly leadership, listen, y'all, that will always, always, always make it to the top of the list, right? Because leadership is so, so important. And so for God to provide this kind of leadership uh, from within our church, uh, over our youth ministry, which is growing, that, that, that that Jake and Corey and our youth leaders can now just, man, fully invest in our youth uh, is such a blessing. And so number four, number four highlight of 2023, Jake taking lead of Redemption Youth. Along those very same lines, talking about leadership and the importance of leadership, we move into our top three. Number three highlight of 2023, the return of Andrew Poston. So some of you may not have been around for this or maybe you forget that, that this happened uh, in this past year, but fourth quarter of 2022, 
Uh, Andrew was on hiatus. He was off somewhere like on Broadway or something. Uh, but God, in January of 2023, was gracious enough to bring Andrew back to Redemption Church. And so we're so grateful for his part that he plays here. Uh, man, I, I know I speak for our staff. I speak for his worship and his tech team. I speak for our church, that he is such a ridiculously important part of our leadership and what we do here as a church. It's not just his, his upfront um, platform talent, it's who he is and all that he brings to the table in our church. Uh, I, I know that uh, it's, it's been very evident to everyone who's around him how much he has grown uh, just in his, uh, in his faith and in his leadership. Uh, he is such an important part of our church. And so I'm so grateful that God graciously brought Andrew back to be a part of our, our staff and our leadership team. So number three highlight of 2023, the return of AP. Okay, number two, here we are. Second highlight of 2023 in the life of Redemption Church our constitution update, the implementation of elders. Y'all knew this one was coming. This is such a big deal. This kind of transition in the life of a church takes so long. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of God working and God moving in the hearts of people, and God has done it. This was number one on my wish list when I came into uh, the pastorate of, of what was, at that time, Friendship. Baptist Church. The transition into an elder-led structure of, of leadership. Nothing, as I've said, nothing impacts the health of a church like leadership. So this move in the life of our church will pay dividends for really the life of our church going forward. So just, I want you to think about this change, like to rewrite the Constitution and to have a unanimous vote of approval or affirmation, amazing, amazing. To, to affirm and ordain two great men of God, again with both unanimous votes, so three unanimous votes, Constitution, Elder One, Elder Two, uh, man, amazing, amazing, amazing. And to now, like, for me to have a team of men around me, a team of, of guys who, whom I love and I trust, who are with me, who are alongside of me, who are behind me. Uh, man, uh, what an incredible work of God in our church. We are now an elder-led church. Um, we are a better church because of this highlight because of this move in our church. I'm a better man, I'm a better leader because of this. And so number two on the list of highlights in 2023, constitution update and the implementation of elders. All right, all right, all right. Here we are, number one. Feel free to give your own little drum roll at home. Top highlight in my mind of 2023, baptisms, baptisms. Uh, I'm just so thankful for what has taken place in the life of our church and all that we do as a church. Our first goal is to glorify God 
And in glorifying God, our hope is that we will bear much fruit. And if there's one metric, one thing we can measure at a church that I believe shows like God's working in our midst, it's this, it's, it's number of, of baptisms. Now you could say, well, what about salvations, number of decisions for Christ? Well, absolutely, we want people to choose Christ for, for uh, folks to come to faith in Christ. Uh, but to me, it's easy to say you believe in Christ. It's a whole different, completely different thing to actually walk that out, right? To step uh, your foot into the water and to put your faith on display. To me, baptism is the most important metric because it reveals who actually is saved because they're following the Lord in obedience. And so baptisms is, is, is an important marker in the life of, of a church. We exist to make disciples, not decisions. We exist to make disciples, not decisions. We want to see people who come to faith in Christ, but follow Christ with their lives. So I want to give you a little breakdown of the number of baptisms since I came on the scene here in 2019. So I arrived in June 2019. So for six months, this is kind of a partial year, we had three baptisms. Three baptisms in 20, the second half of 2019. 2020, the year from Hades, right? We had one baptism. We had one single baptism in 2020. 2021, we, we had four baptisms, all right? So numbers kind of going up, which is cool. Last year, 2022, we had 13 baptisms. This year in 2023, we had, drumroll please, 16 baptisms. 16 baptisms. 16 folks who said, I want to put my faith on display through believer's baptism. Y'all, that's an incredible, incredible thing to celebrate. This will always, always, always be at the very top of my list. There's nothing better than to see the fruit of people following after Christ. Now, unfortunately, I know what this means. This means that any future like year in review, I've already kind of like preemptively ruined because you know it's going to be at the top of the list. But y'all, this always belongs at the very top of the list. How many people are actually following Christ because of the work of the Lord in our church, because of the ministry of Redemption Church? And so in 2023, we have evidence of 16 folks who follow the Lord in believers' baptism. This is worth celebrating the most. Why? Because it's all about the gospel. This past year, um, I've just been super thankful for, I think of all the people, I think of all the people in our church and, um, you know, coming in every Sunday morning and spending time with each of you, um, being encouraged by the things that you have to say, the way that y'all serve um, has been awesome. Um, that's the thing that is, I think, stuck out to me the most, just the relationships that I've built with so many of you. and. Um, the way that you've encouraged me and, and helped me in my faith and pointed me to Jesus and pointed me to 
the scriptures and the encouragement that God gives us um, in that has been awesome. Um, even more specifically, my wife and I uh, have started serving and leading in the, the youth on Wednesday nights and we've, it, it, the people in there have been, the students and the other leaders have welcomed us and um, it, they've had a great culture in there and so uh, it's been a blessing to us to serve in there. Um, and so uh, that's been awesome. Um, super excited about this upcoming year as well. We're gonna be uh, somersault camp, we're going uh, back there and we'll have another D Now weekend that we're looking forward to. Um, we just finished putting together the calendar for next year. So uh, just looking forward to continuing to build relationships with the students. Um, you know, seeing, we, we saw some students baptized this past year. You know, we're, we're already talking with some students about that next year. Um, and so just seeing students grow in their faith, grow in their knowledge of God and God's Word and of what the Gospel is and, and what it means for their lives. Um, so yeah, I would say seeing that for youth next year, really looking forward to that and then um, just seeing how God is going to continue to grow each person in His Word, in the Gospel. Um, to be changed and, and therefore uh, encourage those around them and help those around them as well. Okay, let's just briefly look ahead to 2024. You may have heard all of this already, but our 2024 theme is living as exiles, living as exiles. This is our theme because as God's people, our primary identity is sojourner, exile, stranger, pilgrim. We see all these terms in scripture. In other words, we were made for another world and yet we live in the tension of, of, of this present world. And so we want to live victoriously as exiles in this world. So that's our theme, living as exiles. We'll be covering four sermon series in 2024. We're kicking it off on January 7th with Knowing God's Truth. It'll be 12 weeks in Knowing God's Truth because His truth is our guide in the wilderness. Series number two, Exodus, the God who redeems. We'll spend 18 weeks doing a deeper dive into the Old Testament book, of Exodus. Series number three is 1 Peter on mission in exile. We'll spend nine weeks in this New Testament epistle. Then we'll close the year in series number four, The Pilgrim's Progress. It's an allegory about the Christian's journey from this world to the next. We are sojourners and exiles. And so 2024, we want to learn how to live as exiles, to honor God, to glorify Him, and to live on mission. Along with that theme, we have a Bible reading plan. It doesn't necessarily coordinate with the theme, but it is a, a pretty versatile Bible reading plan. You can read through the whole Bible uh, if you'd like, or you can, you can read through the New Testament, or you can just choose a selection every day of the week. What is most important, I've said this before, I'll say it again, is not that you keep up with a reading plan or that you spend a lot of time stressing to catch up because you're behind. And what's most important is that you spend regular, consistent time engaging God through His Word. It is the most important thing I believe that you can do in 2024. 
And so I wanna encourage you to grab a Bible reading plan. You can grab it at Next Steps uh, at church, or you can find it online at redemption.sc slash 2024. But I wanna encourage you, I wanna invite you to engage with God through his word in 2024. So one other thing I want to share before we close today is our new benediction verse for 2024. Uh, as you know, at the close of every gathering, we read over one another a benediction as we head out into our week. It's a way, our way of sending one another out into the world uh, as we live as exiles. Uh, 2024, our, our verse, our benediction verse is 1 Peter chapter 2 verse number nine. Let me read you out of the English Standard Version that we typically use. It says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is an incredible verse. We'll see it more in depth uh, as we go through this year, and particularly as we jump into 1 Peter later on in the year, I do want to give you a heads up because, uh, again, that ESV translation that we, we use on a regular basis, it chose the translation as, as many other versions or translations the Bible use. It uses the term a chosen race. Uh, now, uh, what it's speaking to there is not ethnicity, cultural race. It's speaking of a human race as opposed to this chosen spiritual race of, of people. In a way that we can avoid every single week at the conclusion of our services having to clarify or explain what, what is meant by this and what is not meant by this, um, we are going to uh, use a different rendering of that word. The King James translation uses the phrase a chosen generation. And so we're going to use that um, because that's another accurate uh, kind of rendering of that word. It's not as loaded as the word race. Um, and again, just to not offend, um, not to misrepresent who God is and what he's saying uh, at the conclusion of every one of our services, we're going to kind of substitute that word. Uh, but I wanted to take a moment to explain that. So we'll read this together and we'll say this, you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. On Christ alone, our chief cornerstone, no other foundation can we build upon Not philosophy Nor the wisdom of men All other ground Is sinking sand Upon this rock you build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail when we bind and loose we proclaim your truth and in jesus 
your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. It's your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. We your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. It's your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. Upon this rock, you build your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. When we bind and loose, we proclaim. Church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. We your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. It's your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. We your church, build your church. Build your church, build it from the ground up. It's your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. We your church. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us for this 2023 year in review. I hope that it was encouraging. To you, I hope that you have celebrated and worshiped the Lord alongside of us. I hope you're excited for what the Lord has in store for redemption in 2024 and the part that you get to play in God's story of redemption through our church. Church, I love you. Thank you for being here today. Let me pray uh, and then go about your business today, all right? Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace over over our entire church, over our ministry. Lord, your hand is, is evident. The, the presence of your spirit, the building up of your church. God, we see your hand in all of it. it. It is so clear that you are at work here. And God, we don't wanna get in the way. We don't wanna, we don't wanna throw things off. We don't wanna mess with things with our own uh, personal vices or sin or selfishness. Um, God, I don't want to get in the way of your work in this church. And so, God, we just pray that as we head into this, this new year, um, God, pray that you would um, make yourself known, that you would um, continue to build your church, God, through us. Lord, we love you. Thank you for all that you have done in us this year. Pray that you would do even more abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think in 2024. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.